Hello and welcome to the special shutdown episode of the unofficial unsanctioned women's UCI cycling show. My name is Dan and uh, with me to report on all things despair in the wake of the end of worlds is my dear friend Sarah. Hi Sarah. Shutdown? Yeah, shutdown episode. I don't know if you've caught up on global news because I know that, you know, for you nothing exists out of like South East England, but in the rest of the world, the American government uh, this week had the only logical response to uh, to the end of the world. They shut down. Oh, is that what it's all about? Yeah, yeah. They were just like, oh, no I... more, no more women's races on TV. Fuck it, we're out. Drop mic, walk away. Shut down. That sounds like that sounds like a a, a good a good and valid response. But oh my god, Dan. Oh my God, Dan. Oh my God, Dan. <sighs> Dan, wasn't it great? I was just going to ask. I, I actually, you repeated that enough times that I wasn't actually able to understand whether or not you were calling me God for a moment there. That was, that was just, if you want to worship me, people, by all means do so, send beer. Yes, I just warn you, he probably, it's probably one of those, one of those very strange, weird religions. I'm not going to tell you what you have to do to achieve, um, to achieve immortality. That's just too wrong. Well, too wrong! I'll tell you, send whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> that's oh, that's no. very straightforward. I'm a, I'm a pretty simple god. I make no promises about making your life better in any way, shape or form. And I accept whiskey and beer. That's a more honest deal than you'll get from many other gods. I'm just going to put it out there. Oh, Dan, Dan, Dan. Dan, you're doing this on purpose. Dan, how was the road race? <laughs> Delayed gratification is still gratification, Sarah, just because you want it now. Ah, the road race was fucking spectacular is what it was. Oh, it was amazing, wasn't it? It was so good. I Hon loved it. Honestly, I mean, I know we raved about last year, but I actually think this year's race was a better race than last year's. Uh worlds and i i would say comparable to the olympic race last year in just the sheer epicness of it all i, mean, I love that course you know what i really like when the junior women rode it rode it they did it really cleverly because you know they have to have you know like how the women were limited to 140 kilometers and the junior women were even even more limited so what they did for the junior women's course was they just made it five circuits of the final lap Nice. Well, I mean, it's still, it's a, it's a decent-sized circuit. It was 16.6 .6 kilometres, um, had a couple of really nice, nasty climbs in there. Uh, you know, yeah, I'd, I'd be more than satisfied with that. And also... But usually, but usually in that kind of situation, what they do is make the junior girls start in the really boring bit, ride the really boring bit, and then get one lap if they're lucky. Well, you know, they didn't have time to do that this year because they were also holding the, you know... Um, the the UCI criminal investigation or or election or whatever it was. Oh yeah, I mean I love. See, can we start with the junior girls race just because it was brilliant? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's a fair point. We should talk about the race before we start whinging about things like that. Yes, I apologise. I uh, I got my whinge on early. <laughs> I love that race though. I mean. Oh, I, it was it was interesting. Well, I found I found it like semi frustrating because all I was able to see of it was um, Monique Hanley uh, live tweeting as as it was happening. So I mean, yeah, I mean to be honest. 
there were three things that I could watch it with. There was Monique Hanley's live tweeting, and I've got to talk a bit more about that in a minute. Julia DeMaio um, doing the ticker and tweeting on for Tutto, Tutto Bici, Italian sites. And she was, you know, she'd put like little photos out and little snippets of information about the riders and stuff. And the Toscana 2013 uh, Twitter account. Now, I have been looking for video after the race. And yeah, there's two things about this race. Firstly... It was kind of interesting that in the worlds they had, you know, um, what was it, eight days, nine days of of, rate of, of covering the worlds, yeah, uh, Saturday to Saturday, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. So I think it's I think it's eight days, well nine days technically. Yeah. I think yeah. Anyway, yeah. And, and and in the middle on the Wednesday they had a rest day where there was no racing, mm. and then on the Thursday they had um, the junior women and the under twenty three men. So. When did the UCI decide to put their Congress on, do you think, with the famous Pat versus Brian election? Was it on the rest day or was it against the young future, bright young future of the sport, ensuring that all the journalists were stuck in a stuffy hall somewhere and couldn't report on it? Yeah, yeah. It, it, uh, so, 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 so frustrating from that point of view. Um, not least because it was... Like it, it, I can't. You can't take anything away from the newsworthiness of the the Congress and of that, you know, McQuaid versus Cookson election. You know, like that's something that everyone involved with cycling has been waiting on for months um, to see happen. So yeah, but it is. It's one of those ridiculous things that I would have thought. Forgive me for being somewhat naive. I do my best when we discuss these things, Sarah, to come across as hard-bitten, cynical, and a man of the world. But the the truth is I'm obviously quite (laughs) ignorant and naive because I would have thought if you were going to gather the delegates of the national federations from around the world and regional federations from around the world to the big international conference of the year, which coincides with the celebration of world cycling, the world championships for for all the the groups that your delegates would want to watch the fucking races. I I, I I just would have thought that you know you'd be like guys you know what we'll have a quick meeting at seven o'clock tonight after dinner and uh, we'll keep it to a tidy three hours then we'll all get shit faced and we'll get up tomorrow morning to watch the next race it'll be fine. That's if I were in charge of organising the agenda for the UCI Congress it would be much more like that I think. Yeah, I mean, it's, I mean, and it's, I mean, I, there wasn't, there was, I was saying to this the other day, actually, there was an advantage to this because the, the junior women were riding spectacularly. Even if you were only following it on Twitter, it was still really exciting. And I mean, Monique's tweets especially were fabulous. I mean, that woman really knows how to pace and, and, and add drama. You know, in none of this, yeah, someone's attacked. It was like, oh my God, they're coming up here. You could smell the lactic acid over the hill. You know, she, she, she was so, so good. She did it so I, well. I actually, I wish, I wish we had a button where I could, we could, we could immediately dial in Bridie O'Donnell or, or some other equally medically qualified women's writer to explain exactly what has to go wrong in someone's body for you to be able to smell lactic acid. <laughs> To be fair to Monique, that's me paraphrasing her. That's not what she said. But, um, yeah, but still, it, it just—it's a powerful, powerful mental uh, odor, I guess. It's—it's <laughs> it's not a visual. It's a—it's a 
stench. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I mean, there were all the journalists, you know, you had all the journalists kind of being slightly bored about, you know, once they got to the stage where they were voting on voting on voting on voting mm. and things mm. like that, I would have lost the will to live. And especially with no food and it being a hot room and, and no water and, and just, you know, I can just imagine them just sitting, passing notes to each other and texting each other now, backwards and actually, forwards in the back. I don't know if it's verified, um, but is it true that Pat was just sitting on an ice throne uh, with a, a cold mountain stream pouring down next to him um, over over tumblers made of freshly cut crystal ice. Um, and he was just giving, you know, knowledgeable nods and winks to people around the table and offering them drinks. Just, you know, hot room, bit sweaty, drink for a boat, drink for a boat. Or... You know who was next to him, don't you? <laughs> Please enlighten us all. I think I know who you mean, but uh, but please. Well, remember the scandal of the Paul Kimmich defence funds? <laughs> the the disappearing sixty something thousand dollars. Yes, and the um the and 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 I mean I think there's something very interesting about someone who can um set up a parody account parodying Pat McQuaid and being really involved in campaigns to get rid of him and simultaneously advising him and ending up at the UCI Congress as one of his supporters and staff. It, it, uh, it's the kind of thing that if we, if we were making a movie or a TV show of the, the inner political machinations of the UCI and I was watching it, I'd just be like, bullshit, you know, yeah. like, like you'd just have... never believe that something like that can happen. I'm just telling you, that's not going in the script, Dan. When we're having our next script meeting, that's not going in. We're not having that. No, 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 no. And neither are we having the whiskey. But it shows how corrupt. No, it shows no, corruption. No, and no, and no, there's no, no such thing as a writer's no, room without no, whiskey. No, writer's, no, rooms, no, writer's rooms function no, on whiskey. No, God damn it, no, I need my whiskey. No, need my whiskey. No, need my no, whiskey. No, no, need my anyway. whiskey. Back to the racing. So, and, and, and after, so afterwards, I was looking for video for the Junior Worlds because it sounded like such a great race. And they didn't have any because they didn't bother filming it. What? So there are no highlights video. No, no, no. Hang, on, hang, on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You're not just winding me up. You're fucking serious. Yeah, they had a couple of fixed cameras on the hills because this is why Monique, so Monique's tweets. No, but, but this is fucking bullshit. It's a UCI regulation that a World Cup race has to have video footage of the fucking race. How does the UCI themselves then turn around and not do that regulation. for the... It, it, it's not a, not a regulation. <laughs> I, they, they, they didn't film it. They didn't film the junior girl. <laughs> Have you just died? That was an embolism. Has your heart that was, out? Uh, there, is now, there is now blood pouring through my brain, pouring, you know, piling on uh, all sorts of pressure. I may, we're probably going to have to hurry up because I may lose the power of speech by the end of the show. If I start oh my slurring goodness, my that's... words, it's not whiskey. You've broken me. Thank I you. finally made you speechless. Thank you, you see. I feel like I need a prize. Your prize will be the drooling sound that you hear by the end of the show. Okay, I don't like drool. Can I have something else? <laughs> Not unless you repair the brain damage that is, you know, irreparable so and ongoing. Brain, it anyway, on to the race. So, I mean, so basically five laps of the circuit. And what was very interesting was that afterwards, um, 
the the winner was saying that she that they hadn't she hadn't intended to go with a break so early, but the break happened, and what do you do? So the five laps. And pretty much on the first lap, there was a break. And I think it was Anna Knauer, who's the junior Omnium world champion, went out. And I think she was with um, Anastasia Yakovenko and Jesenia Menezes-Gonzalez <coughs> of Colombia. Excuse me if I've got the names wrong, round the wrong way. I couldn't see it on TV, so I'm trying to remember from reading. So... Um, they went out early and they were joined by um, Amelie Diedrichsen, the, the young Dane, who's also a trackie, and uh, Olina Demidova from the Ukraine. So they ended up with a group of kind of interesting, because in the early laps, you had Nauer, the German, who every time they went over the hill, she got dropped. And then every time they, you know, gone down the huge descents, she caught back on again. So she was kind of like the Tiff Cromwell. Well, she was yo-yoing, though she was, because she didn't stay, I mean, she, she was, she, we'll get onto that later, Daniel. Oh, all She right. was yo-yoing backwards, backwards and forwards until she was finally dropped. So it kind of came down to four. You've got the Ukrainian, the Russian, the Colombian, and the Dane. And the Dane, and the, and Diedrichsen was the Dane's second string, because they had Cecily Utrap um, in the, in the bunch, who was their, um, who was their big hope she i think she came sixth last year or something like that anyway there they are racing 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 and the peloton can't catch them and no matter how they try to get the the speed down the peloton can't catch them so it comes down to the final lap poor poor Menezes gonzalez is has a mechanical at some terrible point in the course and is out of the race is out of contention i mean gutting for her just completely gutting and so it's down to three and, you know, Demidova, according to Monique and Julia, had been the strongest racer all the way through, the strongest one over the hills. The least strong had been Diedrichsen. She's a trackie. She was third in the sprint, in the scratch at the World Championships earlier on in the year. Yep. So they're, they're kind of there. They're going in. And they're like, and it got, and apparently they just slow right down as they're getting into the thing because Demidova is suddenly tag team by Yakovenko and Diedrichsen because they're just like yeah we're not taking any turns you're going ahead you're leading us out and it's one of those situations where and this is why I like cycling just because you're the best one over the hills doesn't mean you're going to win yeah it's true it's true and And I, I also really enjoyed the I mean I don't know. Sometimes I wonder if if I'm a bit too critical of of men's racing, but quite often you can look at the way a stage or a race, you know, you you take a look at the course and the profile, and you can kind of reasonably accurately predict what's going to happen. Um, But I like that that the junior women really owned their, their race and found their own way to race it. If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, I must mean, I think it was a bit gutting for the people behind who hadn't expected the break to get away. Because, you know, if you were the French with Severin, and the, the Italians especially, because I think the Italians were on the front a lot. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and they've got some really serious young talent in there, you know. It's just, it's it's really, you know, the Italians wanted this and it's on their home ground. And, and you know, they had the most number of riders and they didn't get into the break. And then they couldn't bring it back. But they go into the, into the, into the sprint and... Demidova's been kind of completely outcast and moused by the other two. Uh, and, and there's this really interesting interview with little Amelie Diedrichsen because she's saying, yeah, I kind of knew, because it's a very, very long sprint in, it's a very long routine, and it's kind of foreshortened. And she said, you know, I knew, I just had to keep my cool. And Yakovenko started her sprint early, 
And Diedrichsen kept her cool, kept her cool, went for it, and just bombed past her and won with, with, ah, oh, you know, she easily won that. You know, arms in the air, look of utter delight, 17 years old, you know, Platt bouncing behind her because she's bouncing on her bike, she's so excited, arms in the air, just, oh, <laughs> amazing moment for her. And, and, God, and imagine you're, you know, and, and so hard for someone like Diedrich, for Demidova, but holy shit, that's what you need, that's why you go to junior worlds, isn't it? It is, and and it's also, you know, I think in some ways, I mean, obviously the the immediate um, moment of, of, well, I didn't want to say defeat, but, you know, of not victory can, can be its own thing to deal with, but the stuff that you learn from, from competing on this stage at this level... Um, the experience it can be incredibly motivating anyway so there's a lot for yeah. everyone to to draw from yeah yeah i mean this is why i'm like this is why i'm so disappointed they didn't get people to watch them ride you know yeah like it's and, and it's not on tv because you know i mean especially if you think about the young aussies for example mm, mm. you know got their who've got their friends and family back home you know had three you know had alexandria nickel alex Man, manley and i'm so sorry third australian i've completely forgotten your name something something um but you know they've got their they've got their friends and family back home watching them you know but they can't watch them because then oh god you know and, and then they don't even get proper write-ups they don't and because yeah. the uci have taken and because they haven't got footage of this race no one else can like make Short and and that's it. Like we can't even go to the old sort of standby of of even a, a roughly cobbled together three minute highlights on YouTube somewhere, which yeah, yeah, yeah. you know I mean, is there's, something. There's film. There's a little tiny clip of film at the end of the end sprint. Mm. But yeah, I've, and I've put I've collected all the videos there is. And and, and like, what I really liked about the Toscana thing was they did this really nice thing where. When they had press conferences, they filmed the press conference and they had the riders talking about it and they segued that over race footage. Uh-huh. And that's really nice. That's a really nice that's just a really nice way to do it because you don't really want to watch a press conference, especially not when the other two riders next to you are sitting there going, Oh God, let me just get home. <laughs> you know. Yeah. But yeah, so that was lovely. But I mean I you know so much props to Monique and Julia for 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 Oh, you know, look, look, they, they did an amazing job to, you know, cover an event that was almost almost engineered to be uncoverable. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. And making it so exciting as well. And I think it's like, it, it kind of shows that thing that what's so important about commentary, even if it's common tweeting, is passion and knowing the sport and liking it. Yeah, yeah. Like, you don't have to, like Monique going... Oh, they're about to come onto sight. They're about to come onto view. You know, on the on the hill, they're about to come onto view. Oh my goodness! And she'd been around. She'd put a video up a couple of days before of of herself. You know, herself and 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 her family going round the course on hire bikes with a baby seat strapped on the back. Yep, yep. <laughs> she yep. knew what that course felt like. <laughs> Arguably, she was she was operating under slightly tougher. Uh, restrictions than than the races, so yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I don't I don't know the specifics of the higher bike, but you know, I don't I don't think it's on the on the low end of UCI regulation. I think so. I think it was I think heavy was the adjective. Yeah, 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 and also I'm I'm you know not not uh, casting any sort of uh, aspersions on on Monique's 
uh, wonderful child, but uh, you know that's that's a certain amount of extra weight to have to haul around <laughs> as well. Kids are heavy, man. <laughs> uh, I can't, I yes, can't eat a whole one. It's <laughs> another reason why Dan has, doesn't have kids, but he does have whiskey. <laughs> I can have a whole one of those. <laughs> so, um, uh. I mean, yeah, so that was the junior junior women, junior yep. women, lots of young stars for the future. I mean, just, yeah, I mean, amazing, amazing writing, amazing writing for them. Good luck to them all. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then we had the elite women. Now, oh, now, a couple of people have asked me, where were the under 23 women? And... Because you know they'd seen the under twenty three men's and the junior men's and the I know what's women's. happened. People people have naively fallen into that age old trap of assuming that we live in a day and age where there's a principle of equality between the genders, and so there's an under twenty three men's race. So surely there's an under twenty three women's race. Ah, <sighs> and now I feel less naive. So that helps me. So yeah. Well, I mean, it, it, it's it's not helped. I mean, it, there's a little bit of confusion around this because if you watch the mountain bike world championships, for example, you'd have seen the cross-country mountain bike has an under-23 women's world champs. And if you watch the mountain bike world cup, cross-country mountain bike world cup, you'd see that the under-23, there's a separate under-23 world cup. So why is there no under-23 world champs when, when you know, when there are more under-23 riders racing, you know, racing racing than there are uh, road than there are mountain bike but also the european um the european uh the european um regional continental championships is only for under 23 riders so apparently the only logical explanation is that the under 23 category for the men isn't technically under 23 it's espoir it's the you know, under 23s without a contract to a pro team, yeah, to a world sort of team. And because there's no differentiation between women, between pro te- you know, world to pro teams and UCI teams, that's why they've done it. But it does seem really, really unfair. And yeah, I hope that's one of the things that's changed because why not? It doesn't make any sense. It would be a damn good race. Well, it would be a damn good race, but it's also, it's actually, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, on the one hand, it's, farcical and kind of insane that we are you know here in 2013 actually fishing around trying to work out a logical reason for this just to to understand it um but secondly it's you know it is that fundamental principle that part of the reason that women's cycling is in the state of disrepair that it is is because it's not getting this sort of institutional support uh, and that's yeah. everything from, you know, the UCI is the peak body for cycling in the world. Its function is to grow and make the sport more attractive and better and blah, 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 blah. Worlds is like their single best opportunity every year to showcase the sport to its full extent. Worlds is where they should be adding, you know, it, Worlds is where any excuses of, oh, it's too hard or, you know, there's not enough this or, or whatever else goes right out the window. You're in one place for a week. You've got plenty of time. All your infrastructure's set up. Fucking put on a race. It's, there's no reason not to do it. So, yeah, I, um, I, I... I, for one, welcome the sweeping changes our new UCI overlords will bring us. 
Yes, I used yes. that term deliberately. No, I was, I was, I was, that did actually make me wonder. Oh, <laughs> I wonder if he's going to rock up in, the, in a UCI job. I mean, if he gets a UCI job and I don't, I'm going to have to kill myself. <laughs> well, I think you're choosing the wrong person to kill if that's what happens. <laughs> Good point. If he gets a UCI job and I don't, I'm going to Aigler and yes. <laughs> Anyway, um, moving on to the women's race mm. Saturday. Yeah, Saturday. For once, it wasn't rain. For this is for once, it didn't rain on the women. It you know usually it's good weather for the men and terrible weather for the women. That's the way it's been in like you know Olympics, Worlds, whatever. But not this year. No, it was a beautiful day. It was actually uh, quite warm too, by all accounts. So. Perfect yeah. cycle weather, I think. You know, it not was, too windy. Yeah, not too windy, not not too hot, but like good warm weather and uh, nice sunny day, good clear roads, and uh, and you know, it, I, I found like there's a huge number of things that I found particularly entertaining about this race, but a couple of the the things that I found very entertaining, not specifically related to the race itself was the number of people that popped up in my Twitter stream while we were watching the race saying things like, oh, wow, the women are really attacky, and do they always race like this? Why, yes, cycling journalist from the Australian broadcaster who uh, reports on cycling, they do. <laughs> oh, my God. No, 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 no. You know what was worse? Was, you know, those poor women, they always put on a really good show, and they don't get much attention. Oh, my goodness, they really deserve more, don't they? And you're like, yes cycling journalist who from from the australian media and cycling journalist from a magazine and cycling journalist from a newspaper why yes they do now i wonder whose fault that is that they don't <laughs> it was quite hilarious it did lead me to to tweet something myself along the lines of how amusing i found it you know watching all these people who have previously ignored women's cycling pretend that they've always been into it now, so. I did think you might get arrested by Mike Tomolaris <laughs> by, by, by the, the, threats, the threats that you were making about Mike Tomolaris. I did think you might have lost the plot a little bit. I, was, I did not make any threats, thank you very much. Okay, you did, you did, you did sound like you were throffing at the mouth on Twitter. I yeah. could see the foam. Well, see yes, the but, but see, my word. outrage, that, that was outrage um, related directly to the, the women's time trial not being televised here. It was uh, it was streamed online only, and um, and the insistence oh. that 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 was somehow equitable. No, now now you weren't. That wasn't the only thing you got. Basically, dear listener, Dan spent the entire world's week gleefully and endlessly sending happy tweets or hashtags about SBS cycling to um to you know and 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 getting into Twitter wars and and yeah enjoying his power. I have no power. I really don't. I like I'm 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 genuinely nobody. But um I did have fun picking on a couple of select people. Yes. yes <laughs> and did. and I did I... actually I did actually wind up in a a brief but somewhat productive conversation with whoever manages the official SBS2 Twitter account. So, you know, small victories. Small victories. Yes, yes indeed. So, um should we do it like we did last year? Um Slowly and from the left. I I don't know what that means either. It sounds really dirty though, doesn't it? So, like really, really dirty. Uh, and right now, there's someone on a train, like on their commute, just gasping and desperately trying not to snort. Uh, uh, yeah, you know who that is. That's 
I'm in anyway. so much trouble when our sword fight comes up. <laughs> you are. Um, I, um, I, I was wondering what were your favourite parts. Uh, look, uh, there, there are... Should we, do, should we do it like we did last year and trade one for one? I want to know what you like best. What did you like best, Daniel? Oh, okay. Um, we're starting best. Shouldn't, shouldn't we say best for last? Oh, okay. Well, well what do you want to start with? Well, I was going to start with, and I admit freely that this is cheating, but I wanted to give special mention to to a few people, um, particularly the Italians uh, rode a very, very smart, dominant race and, um, and did a great job of, oh my God, they just kept numbers at the front the whole fucking time. It was crazy. Mm. Um, also wanted to pay special tribute to Tiff Cromwell and Evie Stevens, both of whom... Uh, you know they were they were quite well supported by a couple of uh, individual riders, um, but and and their teams in general. But both did really really well to to get to the the finale and still be in that final group. It was a pretty tough race, and um, they wound up there basically on their own and pretty isolated, and and were making the best of it. And as I said earlier, uh, when we were talking about the women's uh, juniors junior women's, uh, Tiff was in that similar situation where. Uh, the last couple of laps, she was, you know, dropping off the back a bit on the climb, but she was making it back on the descents uh, and doing really well. So, yeah, special. That wasn't, that wasn't my favourite thing about that Tiff moment. I mean, my favourite thing about that Tiff moment was she'd been 12 seconds back at the top of the climb, made up on the descent, almost immediately launched an attack in some really technical section. So had they not been paying attention to her, she could have really got away. Yeah, like she was, I was. She knew that she was on her last legs yeah. in terms of getting over that climb with the group. So yeah. her response to that was to chase back on like a mad woman and then go, well, you know, I could just sit back and yeah. wait for that to happen next lap. Fuck it. Do or die. Do or die. Exactly. Fuck it. Attack. Just, and But see, that to me, that sums up women's racing so well because... Um, you know, like some people would look at that and go, that's crazy. That's, that's a suicidal attack. But the truth is that if she sits with the bunch, she already knows the script for what happens if she sits with them has been written. She knows how that plays out. But what she yeah, also yeah, yeah. knows is that, you know, particularly from her, her stage when the Giro last year, you know, where she, she went on the, the mythically 247 million kilometre long solo breakaway to win the stage, is that if she can get the gap, she can really, really, really make herself suffer to keep it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But so. she also knew that when it comes to the technical sections, that's where her strengths lie, yep, you know? Yep. Like, like, she's just... And I love that. I mean, I think it's it's because, you know, she knows that if it comes down to the sprint, mm-hmm. she's not even going to finish fifth. In yeah. like, so at, at the time, the group was um, three Italians, Rossella Ratto, Elisa Longo-Borghini, and Tatiana Goderzo, two Dutch, Mariana Voss and Emma, Emma Van, Anna, Van, Anna van der Brega, and Evie Stevens from USA, and Emma Johansson of, uh, of, of uh, Sweden. So she knows that in that group, the... Yeah, there's, there's people who can climb and can kill, drop her on the climb. There's people who can sprint. Her specialist advantage there is attacking and attacking and technical riding. And she got caught, but oh my god, what a way to go! Yeah, you know she'd been really good. She be she be she she'd had some attacks early on in the race. She was not going to give it up, and and that's so much better. You know, she could have she ended up ninth overall, which is you yeah. know probably where she'd have ended up if that group had 
you know, she, well, she exactly. I don't exactly. I don't think she she. I don't think she lost you know uh, uh, anything um, meaningful in in making the attempt. And I really respect the attempt. I also yeah, think yeah. it's you know it's easy to forget because she's been around for a while. But Tiff's still quite young. Like she's got plenty of racing left. And um, and you know I'm I'm excited to see where this goes for her. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I do have a bit of an issue with Abby Stevens being by herself in that final group, Dan. Oh, right. So is this time for our, our annual rant about Sarah's uh, issues with Team USA tactics? Can it we is. can we do this as a love letter? Dear Team USA. Okay. So can I just, I'll just do some background. So before they got to the laps, basically they had a long run-in. I think it's about 60 kilometers, something like that. A long run-in, which was flat. And I really had expected a lot of attacks on that run-in. And I'd expected riders like Kirsten Veeld and Ellen Van Dyke to attack off the front of it. But they basically were keeping the pace very high. I was surprised. I did expect them to kind of not take it as a warm-up. But, you know, there was so much excitement going on later on. I, take it, I, I don't mind. But once they got to the laps, dear Team USA... I've noticed you around the peloton for a number of years and, you know, you've got some really amazing riders that I, I always love. And, you know, Abby Stevens, Carmen Small, Megan Garnier, you have some, and, and then you've got your riders who we don't normally see on the European peloton. So we have, you know, Jade Wilcoxon, Andrew Dvorak, you've got a really great team there. You know, Mara Abbott won the Giro Rosa. And I have to admit, I was a little bit confused because there were articles in the press, cycling press suggesting that Mara Abbott might be your lead rider for the, worlds and that surprised me somewhat because Mara Abbott is a very just like Chris Froome people surprised me with Chris Froome you know yes they're very good at those kind of here's the bottom of a mountain now get to the top of it in two hours time but this wasn't the course for them however I've noticed one of the things I've noticed about you while I love your individual components your team planning I really think as a friend I need to tell you it doesn't work I when your plan is to make it really, really hard in the early stages of the race, in the first couple of laps, and your riders are all doing a sterling job, they're on the front all the time, they're killing it, they're making early attacks, they're really, really good. But dear Team USA, you haven't noticed that the Italian national team and the Netherlands national team and Emma Johansson and all those riders like that, the German team, are just sitting on your wheel and grinning. <laughs> and they're grinning because you're doing their work for them. Dear USA, it's not your job to make the race hard in the early stages. You would have been so much better. I love your riders. Imagine if Megan and Carmen had been rested and were able to be up there in the final stages. How good that would have been. What were you thinking every fucking year? It always happens every year. Oh, my God. Ah! Um, and I think, I think this is signed off with a postscript. Uh, so, dear Team USA, please, for the love of all that's holy, put someone in the motherfucking break. Love Sarah. <laughs> well, it's, it's not that. It's just, I mean, someone, there were some suggestions from um, some of the... Martina Brass was commentating on um, NOS, and apparently she said, well, what it is is that the Team USA, their riders aren't used to racing in a European peloton because it's big, it's, it's, it's surging, it's like, you know, it does that. I think it was Monique who described it as that washing machine. Oh, the washing machine, machine thing, yeah, yeah. And, no, all, and all elbows. Like, yeah, or I just come up the side and you can really lose your position very, very quickly. You know, I, I, you know it's that dif difficult thing of if you ride on the front for too early, then someone's going to overtake you and you'll find yourself back in the middle of the pack when it washing machines on you. But if you don't ride on the front, 
you can suddenly find yourself the brakes gone and you're right way back there. It's mm-hmm. it's typical. All, all those like, all those millions of of little things that we see in every race where you know like the road narrows or you know there's a there's a, an awkward turn or, or 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 someone goes down and you get caught behind any one of these bottlenecks or things and that's it you're gone that's it you're, you're just out of contention. Yeah, I mean, they, and they did do a really good job of doing. I mean, you know, we saw that accident with um, a Kazajin and Yadona mm, from mm. Poland down, and that was in that American How the Race Was Won video. Yeah, um, yeah. Cosmo's video, which gave a really good perspective of the team from the American point of view, but without pointing out that it's not necessarily a good You know, Mariana Voss afterwards would say, oh, it was such a good race. You know, the Italians made it really hard. Oh, and the Americans made it really hard too in the early laps. And you're like, yes. That's not really their job. I that, mean, and that's it, the thing. Like, it, it, it's one of those things that is... It's a really interesting sort of tactical standpoint because uh, making the race hard is great. It, it, it's an absolutely great thing to do, but you can only do it if you're confident that you can be the hardest motherfuckers on the road for the yeah, rest yeah, of the yeah. race that's the that's yeah. the only way it works because otherwise you're just churning y- your own riders out the back early that's you know yeah and and that's and the whole lo- thing i mean i would have loved to have seen megan garnier i mean i mean you know i'm not dissing the riders at all at all at all at all because well, you know there's they no did, reason to they're, they're they're world-class performers you know where as as you've name checked you know these aren't unknown riders and their achievements are impressive we know that they can ride um, so it is something to do with team direction or management or, or whatever, but the the tactic is clearly not not working for them. No, no, and you know, and someone like Garnier or or Small, if they're up in the end, both of those riders can win. Mm-hmm. If they take a flyer, you know, and I mean, and that's the thing is, it's one of those like on the on the third last or second last lap is when, if you're Evie, you're saying to, to Small or Garnier, you know, ideally you've got them both with you and you have that, that quick meeting, girls, which one's feeling stronger? Okay, go. And they go, yeah. and then and then you just get to sit in for the rest of the race and either your teammate yeah, yeah, wins yeah. Or, or, you know, you win. It's, it's you know, it's that, perfect sort of stuff. And that's what we saw with the Italians. I mean, mm. there were so many good... I mean, I like... There were so many... Uh, the early attacks... I mean, it's different because the Swiss were going and they had Patricia Schweiger and Doris Schweizer who both tried both tried something in the long lead-in and they both tried something in the early laps. And that's a different thing. And then there was Micah Polspol um, and Lisbeth de Vogt were also two of the riders who, who were going for early attacks and they were doing it for a different reason because they knew that they cannot beat the the Italians and the Dutch yep. if it comes later. So their 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 tactic is to go out early because they you know they haven't got that many riders. They can basically they're basically going for luck. Mm, like, mm. you know, for a lucky thing, no one chases them. They ride for a hundred kilometers by themselves and win. You know? Yes, it's yeah. really unlikely to work, but it's much more likely than anything else. And again, I love women's racing for that because they're really you know, it's it's that thing of I can I can do or die. Right, yep. let's do. Yep. Go, go, go. Exactly. And then the earlier and then, then the very early attacks from Valet Scand- oh, Valet Scandalara. I like. <laughs> oh, well, yeah, I, I actually speaking of me being sarcastic on Twitter, um, <laughs> Aunt McCrossan was on the the commentary uh, with with Rach Nalen on the broadcast here, and you know, to be fair, for for the most part, was doing a great job, and Rach was awesome, of course, but he did keep commenting that um, that 
Scandalara was having the race of her life, you know, with all these attacks. And, and I, I did wind up just going, um, so apparently Ant hasn't heard of Valet before because this is what she does. Yeah, that's basically what she and, and, and Valet ended up 28th in a group of 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, about 8 riders. And she won the sprint for eight. <laughs> Exactly, you know. <laughs> that's. I mean, she's you, she's you, that you, she's that annoying rider that you don't even want on your on your social ride because it's you know every town road sign sprint. God damn it, Valet! Yeah, just and, and with Lucinda Brand as well. I mean, because Lucinda Brand and Rissella Ratto, they were all like really good. You know, and they were going for those kind of attacks mm. where. Everyone else has to chase, you know, everyone else has to chase them down. And that's why, you know, they just whistled the bunch down until it was this front group. I mean, yeah. And that's, and that's the so, thing that, that's the thing that Team USA really needs to learn to, to pick up is that, you know, riding tempo on the front and trying to grind everyone off doesn't work. It, 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 it's just not a tactic that works for them. So, you yeah. know, I mean, it works. It, I mean, it does work in that it grinds off all the kind of, you know, like, like that moment. Well, where, where well yeah, it does. But it, the, the problem is that it grinds them off. As yeah. well, you know, much better to have, you know, two two of your six riders, you know, designated to take flying attacks um, at strategic points on the course in an attempt to get away and force others to wear themselves out chasing back. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know. And 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 make it. And, and that's what the Dutch and the Dutch and the Italians. I mean, God, their tactics are great because that's what mm. they do. That's what mm. they do. They no. they throw themselves off the front. Everyone else chases. It's really hard. And what they're trying to do, and the, the riders they're trying to grind off, they they've got very specific targets. So the Dutch they want to grind off Bronzini. It's really not likely a Bronzini course, but you know she's a sprinter. Let's kill her because if you know if she yeah. goes to the sprint, because if she does come sprint, over, she's going to win. Especially this year, yeah. she's won every fucking thing. So. Yeah. And then there's all those, I you know, solo not solo riders, but you know, there's riders like the, the teams which don't have so many riders, like Lizzie Armitstead, who mm. was pretty much solo once they got, you know, once they got to the laps, she was the only British rider there. Yeah. Right, Lizzie, she's a really good descender. She's a really good technical rider. Let's just let's just up the pace and try and kill the Lizzies. You know, Trixie Warwick, Ash Mormon, you know, yeah. all of those yeah. riders. They've got they've got you know they know who they want to get rid of. They're obviously trying to shake off Emma Johansson, but you know, yeah, it's very yeah. hard to shake off Emma Johansson. I mean, very, very hard indeed, you know, but, but they basically, and such beautiful racing really just, I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. And, and I guess it's also about what you want in cycle races, isn't it? Because, you know, I found the men's frankly quite boring, dull and grim and horrible. And, you know, when it got to about lap seven and there were three laps to go and everyone kept crashing and the rain wasn't letting up and it was appalling and it was horrible and it was grind, 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 grind and nothing was happening and they were just riding in one big bunch because they were terrified of falling over and breaking themselves. And, you know... Yeah, well, I, I think it was a bit unfortunate for them, you know, given the weather conditions. You know, those conditions really do you know, they're almost guaranteed to produce uh, cautious racing. Um, well, except, you know. except what happened last year in the women's Olympic race or in the 2008 women's Olympic race, you know, that it, it's not, I don't blame the weather because, you know, last year's women's Olympics was, was, was the same kind of weather conditions. It was yeah. Awful. Yeah. But we're talking about men here. They're not as tough. You know, this Sarah, like, you know, stop beating up on them uh, just because the, they're, they're not as tough. Also, uh, I think it's also another one of those great examples of, you know, in men's, there's this really sort of weird thing that there's like some kind of 
badge of honor at having like the longest race ever. Um, yeah. You know, and so there are a few races that are deliberately long, and the men's world race is one of those ones where it's you know it's always over two sixty k, and it's just like, but that just means two hundred k's of boredom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and then and then finally stuff happens. Like, why do that? It, it it's you know to me that seems very very um, self defeating. So. Well, I, I mean, I think it's about. I think it's because men's racing, because of the courses, is about. Oh, you know, you just have to keep going and going and going and going and going and going and going. Oh my god, I could feel myself making terrible analogies. I shouldn't use. Uh, 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 uh. <laughs> well, it, it's not just about grinding away for hours. <laughs> in all conditions, the longest. In in the wet or you know, dry, you want to. You want lots of interesting things to happen in between and exciting you know, <laughs> moments and fireworks and other features and uh, yeah. It yeah. doesn't matter if it's not as long as long as it's more exciting when it's happening. Exploratory forays into unknown territories. <laughs> <laughs> exciting tactical movements at moments you're not expecting. <laughs> And, and when you least expect it to just grab the race by the scruff of the neck, throw it down and <laughs> leave it all out there on the road. <laughs> Keep the rubber side down. <laughs> Safety first. God, that's, that's I, I just horrible. I just need to not keep thinking of more and more things to say. Um, <laughs> you know, explosive finales. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Sprint to the finish. <laughs> Coming first isn't the only victory. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> I just like the way that women do it better. <laughs> anyway, no, I mean the Italians. I, you, we mentioned the Italians, and in a way, they really, they really kind of suffered a bit. I mean, what I thought was fascinating was they did that usual italian trick of deciding their tactics on the road yeah and i was talking about it with john galloway who does the velocast tweets the velocast podcast and he was saying that he was the thing that really fascinated him was in i think it's the penultimate lap where they kept basically they were chatting with each other and deciding tactics Mm -hmm. and you could see them kind of you know you could see them kind of getting together and deciding what to do and Rossella Ratto had been killing herself out in the early attacks I don't think the plan the plan wasn't to ride for Rossella and Elisa Longo Borghini was there and I really was nearly in tears when I realized Elisa had made that final group yeah oh well I was I mean, just that's that was like the fairy tale thing that I think well at least you and I but several other people I know were sort of all hoping for because you know Elisa had had that that horrible injury that took her out of contention for the Giro Donna uh, Rosa this year. Um, that I mean, what a comeback that would be to to get yeah. back and and be at the on the podium at least, maybe even top step of the the road race would have been awesome. Well, I think 
I think just being there, because I mean, Elisa started off as one of the top favourites for this course. And, and I was when I was looking at who I thought would do well, I was looking at the Trofeo Alfredo Binder as an equivalent to this race. I mean, it's not exactly the same, but it's got that same thing of a big, long start out point and then loop to a final lap with a hard hill and a hard descent. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So you know, that was that was my touchstone race to look at for who I thought would do well on this one. You know, it's, it's the most similar. It's not exactly the well, same. Well, maybe, most... maybe if it had been raining this year, then, uh, you know. Oh, well, I mean, I... I, I mean, Elisa, so Elisa had won the Trofeo Binder. She, she just had a fantastic, fantastic race. She was um, second in Flesh Vallon. She was just was doing so well. And mm. her, big tech, her, big, her big goals for the year was being a top five in the World Cup brackets. I think she wanted to win it um, in the World Cup overall. She wanted to ride the Giro Rosa, win a stage and do really well in it. And she wanted to win Worlds because, yep. you know, she's Italian and... And she was third last year, and yeah, and it should have been it should have been her year, but um, which I wish I could say in Australian to reference strict, strictly ballroom. <laughs> it was her year. Can you say that for me in proper Australian? <sighs> it was her year. That didn't sound Australian enough. Try it again. Yeah, well, I'm, uh, you know, it was her year. See, look, now I'm not even trying. It was her year. It was her year. It was her year. It was her year. Whatever. More beer. <laughs> Good. And so back to the race. Um, and so yeah, yeah. So she should have. So when she broke her, so she broke her hip. Like like in so nationals, national championship weekend is the week before the Giro starts. She broke her hip. She had she she crashed on a descent and she went under, fell underneath a barrier, roadside barrier, broke her hip, ripped her stomach open. You know hard injuries to come back from still ended up fifth in the world cup this year overall even though she didn't race chongming vagorda i know she raced chongming even though she didn't race the two vagorda world cups and she had to dnf in plue so she was only 80 percent of her of her strength you know because it's it you can't come back that fast you know it was amazing that she was up there and Mm. she finished like eighth overall and and it was just having her up there Knowing, I mean, it must have been very bittersweet for her because she knew that. Because imagine what that meant. Like, you must, it must be very, she's such a good, strong, positive person. And, you know, you could drive yourself crazy thinking, oh, God, if only, oh, God, if only. But, you know, what she takes from that is, holy shit, what's it going to be like next year? What's it yeah, going to be like the yeah. year after? Yeah, it's, exactly. You know, she's truly a star. And, and she, yeah. And, well, and, 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 and bear in mind that, you know, it was also, you know, just over a week ago that she was facing down, you know, the organisers of, of um, uh, Toscana, you know, yeah, yeah. Over, over safety issues. And, and all of this while, you know, again, she's still, she's incredibly young. She's practically still a teenager. Um, 20, no, she's 23, she's 21, 21, I think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Practically still a teenager. She's, you know, she's 23. Anyway, yeah, she's 23. Um, yeah, I mean, she's, she's, it's amazing. And I, yeah, I've so much love for her. And, and what had happened was they said afterwards was that they were riding for Goderzo, but Goderzo was cramping. Hmm. So, so, so basically, Rossella Ratto, who'd been doing so much work early on in the race, just basically went for it. And, you know, and, and, and just fantastic racing you know just really good team tactics and one of my top 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 moments was when elisa and tatiana goderzo crossed the line they crossed the line together holding hands yeah yeah that was a really sweet photo they came 
they came seventh and eighth. And rather than chase down um, Linda Willemsen, who finished two seconds ahead of her, they crossed the line holding hands. Yeah. You know, yeah. all that kind of, you know, Tatiana must have been gutted that there she was. She was really in with a really good chance. She knew she'd won mm. it. You know, she won it before in um, 2009. And, you know, and, and Elisa, it was just such a touching moment. It really exemplified why the Italians are the best nation in the world. Uh, well, it's also one of those really interesting things to me because, you know, like we've now contrasted two different national teams. And it, it makes me wonder whether it's also like some sort of a, a cultural or mindset kind of thing where, you know, like everyone, everyone says the idea that I'm about to say, and I, I'm sure that everyone means it when they say it, but it seems to me that like when, um, you know, Team USA are laying down their plans, that they've got someone in mind as the leader. And so they ride for that leader and they stick to that plan and there's no flexibility or fluidity to it. Um, you know, I mean, I say that with a certain amount of caveats because obviously everything changed on the road. But, you, you know, like the plan is the plan and we don't change the plan unless we absolutely have to sort of thing. Mm. Whereas the Italians seem to come at it more with a, we don't really give a fuck who wins because they're winning for Italy. They're not winning for themselves. You know, it's, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. a world championship. And so the goal is to win for Italy. And, um, and therefore we will all sacrifice everything to win for Italy, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, just, yeah. I think I mean it really is true, and and they were asking so um, on the commentary I had on the BBC it was Simon Brotherton and Chris Boardman, um, and they had Rochelle Gilmore who is fantastic, and they asked Rochelle, "Do you ever see the women? Do you ever see the women um, do what the men do, which is um, you know ride for each, you know ride for their trade team teammates rather than their world." you know, than their national team teammates. And Rochelle was like, no, they don't do it. I mean, you know, firstly, because, you know, if you, if you do that one year, you're not going to get to race again. And secondly, it's such an honour to ride for one's country, for the mm. women. Mm. Yeah, you know, they, don't, they don't have these big things like, you know, the... the yeah, well, it's not, like, it's not like they've got million-dollar contracts on the line with some other pro team or, or whatever. No, you no, know. And, and, you know, and, and a lot of them are being funded. If they're being funded, you know, they're being funded to ride... You know, they Through want a to national get to federation, yeah, yeah, exactly. They, they really want to, they want to get to the Olympics, and these are the biggest races, the big, you know, they're, they're the races on the Olympics in the world, mm. they're on TV, everyone understands yeah. what it means, you know. It's huge. So they just you just don't see the women do that thing that the men do. Like, yeah, it, just yeah. doesn't, it just doesn't... It, I mean... You know, I mean, unless it happens like really way down the ranks and stuff, but you know, it, yeah, it's yeah. not. It's not. That's not. That's not going to. That's not one of those things. You're not going to find, for example, Megan Garnier riding for um, Mariana Voss because they're on the same trade team or something. It's just not. That's never going to happen. Yeah, and, yeah. yeah. Or uh, you know, the I guess the Vinokurov incident with the Olympics last year. You know, like that's that's God. remarkably unlikely to happen in, in yeah, women's think, cycling. It's never going yeah. to, ha never, never, never going to happen. If yeah. you had, I mean, I can't even imagine who'd try it, but I no, can't even, no. if you had, I don't know, Jeannie Longo as my, you know, the ultimate villain, if she was still around and she was racing with like some young upstart, I, you know, just looking down that finishing list, none of them yeah. would go, oh yeah, for a big bag of money, you can have it. big fuck that shit. Yeah. Give you the gold? Are you fucking kidding? <laughs> If, if, their, if their, response, their response would be more likely that you'd be halfway through the sentence and they'd just attack. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, you just, it just yeah. wouldn't happen. 
yeah. just doesn't happen like that. Well, also, so, I think yeah. if you're making an offer like that to, to a, a woman cyclist, uh, a racer, what she's going to be hearing is not an offer of uh, a big bag of cash. What she's going to be hearing is, oh, they think they're weak. Attack! <laughs> <laughs> they're not sure they can beat me. Attack! <laughs> Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah. I mean, but, but, but what's interesting about you saying that is the Dutch did ride with a plan. Mm. And they rode with a very clear plan. And their plan was all for Mariana Vos. And they can pull it off. Well, I think the thing is, though, I, I would argue, I mean, I understand why you say that. Um, and I'm not sure if I'm actually arguing against that proposition, but maybe tangential, that that part of that plan includes the possibility because we've seen it before where where you know Anna van der Breggen or someone gets up the road and Voss just sits there and lets her win you know and I would say that that's that's that same sort of mindset where the goal is to win yeah. for the the yeah. thing and and particularly yeah. because you know um Voss is great and she always acknowledges her teammates and everything when she she does win but you know, uh, in, in her post-race interview this year, she was, you know, even more than usual talking about we're so proud and we're so happy, and like there was no, there was no hint of personal in it at all. It was it was we us our national yeah. pride. You yeah, know. And, and I mean, and, and she said she said um, what was fascinating about that interview was she said she hadn't felt very good in the early parts of the race, mm, and mm. you know she'd been suffering from back pain and you know yeah, and she'd had to skip. Uh, which, Holland Ladies Hol- Tour. Yeah, Holland like, Ladies Tour. She, tour. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, and she said she wasn't feeling very good, but as the race wore on, she got better and better, and her team just looked after her beautifully. I mean, I it was, and you couldn't tell that actually because she was still doing her bossy attacks, and she was still on. Uh, you know, she, dude, she's not a rider. That's my she's number one highlight. Doesn't take her turn on the front. Yeah. But, I mean, Anna van der Breger was just. Amazing! Oh, look, this, perfect domestique. This was my second. This is my second. Um, second sort of thing is the shout out to the the domestiques. You know, Anna van der Breggen, uh, Carly Taylor did an amazing job for the Aussies. Um, oh yeah. You know, she was she was spectacular, um, and uh, um, and and for uh, well, we've already talked about Rosella for for the Italians. Um, uh, and Valet. And, and Valet, yep, yep, yep. And also, um, I've forgotten which one of and the I, Americans. Yeah, and, and, and the Americans, you know, yeah, yeah. Garnier and that. I mean, yep, I, yep. I, 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 this, I don't like their tactics, but, you know, but they... No, no, but they rode, they rode well, they rode hard. And, you know, for, for the tactics that they were employing, they, they did ride them effectively. Um, it's just, you know, yeah. they're not quite the right tactics. I think, and, and you definitely <laughs> think, um, I, you know. But that that was that was my second, you know, top highlight of the whole thing because, man, when you're watching any kind of a race and you can rattle off half a dozen names of people who have actively animated the action, you know, you're watching an exciting race. Yeah, I yeah, can't yeah, remember. Yeah. I can't remember the last time I watched a men's one day race where you had that same level of intensity. I would say you probably only really get that around, like, the, the absolute um, monuments, you know, like Flanders Rubai. and Rubai and and that sort of thing, uh, are really the only races reliably where you're going to see them, the men go that hard out for it. Um, yeah. You know, and and it was just magnificent watching these women just tear it up. It was so fucking cool. So, yeah. That's big, so good. Big, big... 
big tip of the hat to them. Um, yeah. and, and, and I mean, but I, what I love, what I love most, I mean, the Dutch team spirit, we, we talked about it last week with that video of Ellen van Dijk when she went back into the Dutch team hotel and the whole team is yelling and cheering and singing <laughs> at her, you know, yep. and she's standing there with her eyes shining like, mm. like little stars and her face all bright red and just looking so, so happy and beautiful and, you know, just like, this is the best moment of her life, yeah, you know, yeah. and that's, and then, and then there was the, there were a couple of photos that I loved afterwards of um, that had Annemiek van Vleuten and uh, van Vleuten and Ellen van Dyke and Lucinda Brand um, in the little enclosure in front of the podium singing along with Mariana on the on the uh, to the national to the Dutch national, national anthem, anthem. Yeah, yeah with their hand, you know, hands on their heart proper you know proper and national anthem style just looking delighted for her yeah, you know yeah. and when you look down the list when you look down the results van vleuten and van dyke came in in 15th and 16th in a little you know in a little in a little small group you know yeah, they kind yeah. of they kind of they kind of were were you know kate crossed the line you know crossed the line together it wasn't van vleuten's best ride, and that was the other interesting thing because quite a lot of riders had off days yeah Mm. So apparently, um, Ash Moorman, who came in twenty second, had been really sick the night before and hadn't been able to keep any food yeah. or drink down. Yeah, which is and really tough because she rode. I mean, quite valiantly. She was she was up there with the front, uh, you know, the, the the big riders for much of the race. Yeah, um, you know, and it obviously got the best of her in the end. But it's you know that's got to be pretty tough on her to yeah. you know. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, um, I think uh, Emily Collins said that Linda Willemsen, who came in sixth, had a cold, and mm. you know, and and Voss, and I mean, what was, but what was fascinating, you know, and uh, Mara Abba of for Team USA obviously had an off day, yep. and um, but what was fascinating about it was that when you've got a team that can cope with a ride like Annemiek van Vleuten, not having a good day, not having good legs. Mm, mm. You know, and Ellen Van Dyke said she was a bit disappointed in her individual ride. You know, she wanted to be harder. You know, she came in 16th with two golds, you know, yeah. from the world. But, but you know, when you've got a team that's, that's, that's so super strong that you can do without, Van, you know, Van Vleuten, you know, as yeah, a yeah. domestique. And when you're, I've had an off day riders coming in in 15th and 16th. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It, you, it does kind of make it a national team that everyone hates. <laughs> yeah, but, but Voss, Voss was such 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 a worthy winner. She oh, really well, was, and that's just... that's my number one highlight. I, I assume it's yours too. But that final attack from Voss was just—I mean, one—it's quintessential Mariana Voss. Uh, yeah. But two, the way she rides is just so thrilling. I mean, I I was just beside myself with excitement. I was just like, you know. The way that that she attacks, um, you know, she thrashes her bike around on the climb like it, she's an ugly climber. Like, there's no two ways around it. Like, it just—it's not pretty, but it it fucking works. And you know, you can see. I mean, that's, I love I love her best when she's racing up mountains against Emma Pooley because Emma Pooley has this little, little upright stance. Like Emma Pooley's like she looks like a vicar's wife riding to riding to the village shop. In, the, in, in an Agatha Christie, in an Agatha Christie adaptation, um, you know, with a, with her basket on the yeah. front and a hat, wearing a hat, you yeah. know, she has that yeah. kind of very upright, very, 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 you know, and she's she's killing it. She's yeah. she's absolutely killing it. But she looks, you know, that very. But I'm hat. I'm convinced. The more I watch her race, and particularly when I watch her attack, I'm convinced that somewhere, 
that somewhere in her past, yeah, someone, you know, sat down with young four-year-old Mariana and told her some horrible story about girls who attack in bike races being chased by foxes. And if they don't ride away and keep away, the foxes will catch them and eat them. Because because you know, when you know, she her surname means fox. Yes, I I do. That's I why wolves. I was using the analogy. But anyway, oh. the the point is that um, when she does attack, she's just so. There's I I've never seen a rider who is as utterly committed to an attack yeah. as she is when she attacks. Her everything goes into it. She checks her shoulder constantly. She could have 200 kilometers on the bunch and she would still check her shoulder every 250 meters. She, yeah, yeah, yeah. And she does not let up. She just rides as hard as she can the whole rest of the way, uphill, downhill. What, like She's up out of the saddle. She's back in the saddle when she's exhausted. The second she can get up again, she's at it. She is just pouring every bit of her being into that bike to make it go faster. And it is just, it's almost terrifying to watch. It's amazing. It's it's just, I mean, you're right. That swinging, you can never, you can always spot. So when you know when you're when you're watching them race, you can always spot bike boss just because it can't be it can't be efficient, can it? No, like no. that that swinging that swinging her bike from side to side. It's like mm, mm. she's really because climbing, you know, that's that's her. But the, the thing, it, the thing strong. it speaks she can of do the punchy climbs. Yeah, yeah. But she's not. But you know, that's not her. And that's what I love about her too is that the things that aren't her best strength. That she's worked on really hard, and she's got a way to do it, and she mm. just kills mm. it, you know. Yeah, and and it's, it's away. one of those things too that sort of to me it really speaks to like determination and and hints at desperation even. Like she's just that desperate to be competitive and to win that she will overcome the technical inefficiency by yeah 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 by by and just that's... driving herself into it even further, and, and it's that's crazy. That's I mean, that, like, everyone knew that she was going to do it at some stage. And that's the yeah. other thing as well, is that Mariana can't take people by surprise anymore with those mm. because they're always expecting it. And when she went, and it was only Steve, Emma Johansson and Rosella Ratto who could even try to counter it, even yeah. though they knew she was going to do it. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, I loved, I loved Evie Stevens' attack on the, you know, the previous client. Yeah, Again, yeah. Evie, yep. said that yep. she was, you know, Evie said she was cramping, but she just went for it one last time. Mm. You know, she's got really oh, good and it was It was a great it. attack, too. It it was, you know, like it was even without the cramping or, or perhaps especially without the cramping, that was basically the perfect spot for her to attack because, you know, if under slightly different or better circumstances, that would have that would have possibly really worked out for her. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and such beautiful. I mean, she really looks good when she's climbing, doesn't she? Hells yeah. Yeah, I mean that. I could watch her. I could watch her attack on a climb all day long. Mm, like mm. just well, and it, it just had it just had pure echoes of of um, year before last when she won flesh and and just mm. hit the the moor that last time. It was you know, it, it yeah, she was great. She was absolutely. I just, great. I mean, you know, everyone, and there wasn't, you know, there wasn't any road. I mean, you know, Linda Willemson. We haven't really talked about her. She'd been back mm. in the previous group and been dropped and, and chased back on to get it and ended yep. up sixth. Yeah, there's yep. no one in that top ten. You know, Tatiana Antoshina had done the same thing. Yeah, I mean, the weird moment where Elena Kuchinskaya just appeared out of nowhere, attacked straight past her own teammate, and then 
disappeared and died, you know. <laughs> well, she still came 11th, but, you know, yeah, it's like, yeah. there's so many good writers there. So many oh, good writers there. And, and I mean, so many great and, stories. I mean, the only thing I heard anybody say, and it... it, it to my mind was actually quite unjustified was uh, I did see a couple of people comment on, um, on Emma Johansson and, and say that they thought, you know, she had written too conservatively or, or negatively, but unlike most, nearly all of the other teams that we've mentioned with the exception, possibly, I guess, of, of um, Linda Willemson from New Zealand, you know, Emma was basically on her own for the yeah, bulk of the race. She had Fauline looking after her really, really well and Fauline yep. going after the attacks, you know, in the early stage, in the early stages because Fauline knows that as soon as they get to the hills, she's out. Yep. Yeah, Fauline was basically Mark Cavendishing it yep. in that, you know, they played a similar sort of role. Yeah, but yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, she's gone. She's, she's by herself. She's racing solo. Yeah. And I mean, and, I saw... I did and see and she people. knows the tactical situation. She knows, she knows the moments in which this race will be decided and she knows what to watch for and she's a very smart rider. And, you know, I, I really don't fault her performance at all. I think she did amazingly well. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. I think what was really interesting was, was, you know, when you want to watch two things at the same time? So that those last few kilometres where Voss was out solo just looking... I mean, I could just watch Voss attack like that just because yeah. of that passion, you know, that total passion mm-hmm. that she's got. And she's, and she's really... And she just seems to get into this, you know, this beautiful space where she's really loving what she's doing and she's knowing she's doing well, but she's not even slightly resting on it. Yeah, yeah. And it's just spurring her on and she knows she's got it and she's checking. And that, that moment where that road, where they rode like one side of a road and then did a U-turn and went down the other side over a over an underpass. Yeah, yeah, yep. That U-shaped part of the course mm. where, you know, again, it's a perfect place for checking where you, you know, checking yeah, where, where you are. Where, yep. And it just seems to spur Voss on. You know, mm, when she's mm. in that situation and she's got, and she can see what... It just seems to make it go faster. So I wanted to watch that. But I also wanted to watch the cat and mousing between Johansson and Ratto. Yeah, Because yeah. I also saw people suggest that Ratto wasn't really committed to chasing Voss and was basically riding for silver at that point. Now, I don't know if that's can't or won't because, like we said, Ratto had done a, a thousand lot of attacks work. in the yeah. of the race. Yeah. You know, I'm... Um, but I did like the idea that, that of, of Emma Johansson, you know, trying to make Emma Johansson work for you. <laughs> yeah, and because... thinking, I mean, there is something kind of sweet about the possible youthful hubris of thinking that you're going to out-tactic Emma. So... <laughs> That's never going to happen. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think Emma was. I think Emma was a bit. You know, I think Emma was disappointed that she couldn't, that she wasn't with someone who. Uh, yeah, like if she'd been exactly. in that situation with you know with Tiff or someone, um, you know, they might have been able to work together a bit harder to to you know possibly bring it back. Um, yeah, and Voss only finished fifteen seconds ahead of them. Yeah, well, yeah. I mean, only fifteen seconds in the last seven kilometers. You know, only. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, it's a big ask, but it's it's achievable. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and and but you know, so Emma clearly, when you're in a two up with Emma, mm. you you've got to be. I mean, Rosella, she's only nineteen. She's very, you know, she's a very good rider, but she's not gonna, she's not gonna take, she's not gonna take Emma Johansson silver away from her. Yeah. Cool. So yeah, I mean, it was it was just, I mean, I don't know. I it, it's one of the things that I love about women's cycling. Sometimes I worry that that we sort of say this too much, but the thing is, I really, really do believe it that. You know, we see such great racing from so many different characters and it's really dynamic and exciting and everyone works really hard and 
and you know from those great domestic performances through to the the contenders for the final placements and um and to me it was just an absolute standout race i know it's really easy for a race to be a standout when it's one of the few that we actually get to see you know live but um to me it was just it was so exciting uh, so uh, we've covered all my sort of highlights, Sarah, but, um, you know, what about yours? I, we, we did it. We talked about it all. It's all been done. Oh, 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 oh. I, I really want to have a shout out to the photos from Wei Yuet. I love those. I really, really love those. Wei yep. Yuet Wong, he's, um, he's from Singapore and he was over the, the world and he had, he bought this beautiful kind of fine art documentary perspective to, to taking photos of races. I mean, I, that is my that's my that's just I'm always going to love that kind of stuff but his photos were so beautiful and especially his shots of the crowds and the, the contrast between riders racing and you know people getting on with their lives and yeah. the moments little moments after the race you know where, where people were exhausted or 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 happy or or just couldn't believe what they'd just done I just mm, love those mm. love, awesome. love 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 and Cool. I also really enjoyed a video put out by, um, you know, the, the world champions are going to Richmond in the USA in 2015. Yep. And there was a video put out by Richmond 2015, which featured the um, women, the USA team, sitting around being asked questions about their first memories of bikes and things like that and what they liked about cycling. Awesome. And Carmen Small describing how she <laughs> murdered a goldfish on her bike. As one of her first biking memories, I just, it was delightful. So, you know, that was wow. just... Wow. So interesting. All the different personalities in that team, really. Yeah. Uh, actually, and, and that does raise a good point because we, we you know, have spent a reasonable amount of time deconstructing Team USA's tactics, but it's going to be really interesting to see how that sort of plays out in 2015. Um, you know, whether the, the home course advantage, you know, really brings it home for them, whether being on, on their, like, roads, like as in literally physical roads from home has some sort of impact or, or things like that. Uh, I'm going to find that really, really interesting. Yeah, you see, you see, what I think is quite interesting about that is that um, this year the Cyclocross World Championships were in the USA and Louisville. Louisville. And, um, Louisville. And, um, yes, not, spell, not pronounced as I thought, Louisville. No, no, no. Louisville. Louisville. And... Um, and I and and I think everyone expected Katie Compton to win that mm. because you know USA woman on USA cycling it's a USA style course you know which is very different to European style courses and you know Mariana Voss won so yeah I think I think I think home course advantage for for certain but you know let's just put it this way when the Philadelphia Classic has run for however many years and this was the, only the first time oh. this year that an American woman won the Philly Classic. And they have to but, change the but, course but, to but, make but, that but, happen. But, 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 but you know what this could mean, Sarah? In 2015, it's possible that the women's road race will go so fast that it will actually go forward in time to the men's road race, pass the bunch, and call them pussies as they go by. Oh. That would be awesome. Oh, my God. Oh, Ina. Dear mm. Ina, I hope your head's better. Please, please, please win um, the 2015 Worlds. Lots of love, Sarah. Um, yeah. Oh, what else? What else did you like? Oh, shout out to British rider Katie Colclough. Katie, yeah. Katie it was her last race ever. She'd been part of the team that had won the um, the gold medal in the team time trial, um, Specialised Lululemon. Yep. But yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so Katie, you know, she's she's again very young. She's 23 and um, has decided that she's going to retire from professional women's road cycling um, in part because... Uh, I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, but in part because, as, as she says, at the moment it's not really a viable career path for for most riders, and um, the sacrifices that have to be made in order to to be able to participate and not be able to even earn a living wage while doing that, um, it just doesn't make sense for her at the moment. So, yeah, I mean, you know, she's only twenty three. She's a former. She's, you know, she's she's had such good palmares on the track. She really suffered when British Cycling just dropped their academy program a couple of years ago. She was one of the riders who was dropped, and you know, she's she's really she's just a classic example of how of you know of how federations can be quite incredibly ruthless. You know, mm-hmm. you don't fit a current pattern, you're gone. And you know, she said that she could make the same amount of money much much more easily. And, you know, the world's her oyster. I hope she has a massively successful future. You know, and it's also very hard. If you're a domestique, like we've, we saw Adri Visser leave at 30 and Yannicka Canis Busser at 28, you know, if you're not, if you're not getting, if you're not right at the top, yeah. it must be so hard to keep your motivation going. Every time you're in some shit race where you're staying in a tiny room with horrible food and and it's horrible conditions and you know mm, uh, mm. It was, why would you keep going when you could be you know when you could do everything when you're you know you're 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 a bright you're a bright intelligent person you've clearly got a lot of um, ambition yep what why why keep why keep struggling mm, mm. and you know and, and it is one of those things that you know when next time someone asks you dear listener why do women deserve a minimum wage this is why. This is exactly why, you know, and yeah. not just deserve, need, you know, and they don't need it. We need it as fans of the sport. The sport itself needs this because yeah. if it can't uh, guarantee even a minimum living standard for its participants, then the, the you know, the, the whole sport itself is, is seriously undermined. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, and if and if we're in a situation where riders are being kept going by their parents, mm, you know, mm. parents are supporting them and they they're kept going that way, that basically makes it a sport for the a sport for the privileged. Yep, yep. You know, and 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 you should not your 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 career in cycling, your career in sport should not be about how much money your parents have got so they can look after you or. You know, it's just not it's just not right. And you know, there's this is why I like, you know, you you look at the Italians and they've got the programs like the Fiamme Azure program, which is the, the, the police and um prison officers. And they've got and they support Tatiana Goderzo and a load of other riders and mm. George Bronzini is through the Gruppo Forestale military pro you know, the, the military program and yep. you know, you've got other places where um where Charlotte Sebecca and Trixie Warwick and Tony Martin, for example, are supported by the German police. And it also gives them a career to go in in the future. Mm, mm. You know, uh, Pauline Fran Prevost and, the, the, and Michael Polspol are, are, in their, are in their respective militaries. Yep. Now, you know, joining the army, it feels, it feels wrong that people should join the army so that they could play sports. But, you know, there's, there's got to be... There's well, got to be a, you know, but it's arguably not that different than joining the army to be in the band. You know, or, or yes, yes, or but whatever, still, you have so. to. You know, if, 
if you're politics, you know, you may not want to be in an army that's, you know, going out to Iraq or threatening to bomb the hell out of Syria. Do you know what I mean? Like it shouldn't uh, be. Right, right. I see. It shouldn't be. Yeah. It shouldn't be that. You know, if you, if you, I mean, it's. I'm not saying everyone feels like that, but you know, it shouldn't be an issue where that's. You know, you have to, you have to compromise things. You mm-hmm. don't, do you know what I mean? It's, it, it's like they, as you say, they need a minimum wage for cycling. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's for the viability of the sport itself, you know, and and yeah. So semi related to that, I was I was mildly heartened, you know, upgraded from cynically pessimistic to just cynical um, to to see the Brian Cooks an interview in Velo Nation uh, the other day. Uh, where he particularly made a point of mentioning women's cycling and um, made some of his most specific comments that I've read on on what he wants to do. Yeah, uh, I that was that the one where he pointed out that the UCI currently has one third of, of one, one person's person. job yeah. dedicated to developing women's cycling. All of women's cycling. Like all of women's cycling. Yeah. I mean I still I So still that's that's see. one third of one person doing cyclocross, mountain bike, BMX, track and road and all over the world. Bike ballet all over the world. Like you know yeah. Um holy motherfucking shitballs. How many people do you think they have employed to deal with things like putting stickers on bike wheels? Yeah, or how many people are employed to to promote the the growth and develop all aspects of men's cycling? Because I'm sure, I'm sure how it's many, not one third of one person. How many How many of their staff jobs were going towards supporting Pat McQuaid's career, or or, or covering up doping bans and doping abnormalities and stuff? You know what I mean? I mean, this is an interesting thing. I know doping is a really important issue, but when you think about you know, when you think about how much of the UCI's stuff, uh, UCI's resources skewed against the, to doping, which is a you know men's pro tour, and and that's specifically yeah. men's pro tour doping, versus developing. You know, we still don't have a paracycling track world championships this year. Yeah, you know, yeah. this year or next year, we still don't know whether there's going to be any paracycling track world cups. Basically, those poor track paracyclists have still their only hope of getting to race and get to the best in the world is when the when the IOs when the Paralympics um, the body behind the Paralympics turns around and goes, how the fuck are these people supposed to um, supposed to qualify for the Olymp- for the Paralympics? Mm, that's mm. the only thing that's going to get them at the moment going to get them a a race a race yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, I think about riders like you know, and, and these are the things. Like, I mean, like, I don't know about you, but my expectations at this point aren't even what I would consider that high. I, I would right now not settle for, but I would right now accept one person, just you know, like at least one. You know, no, yeah. no, no fucking wonder nobody's emails about anything to do with women cycling get answered. They probably don't even get read. There's probably not enough time in one third of one person's job to read all those emails. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, seriously. But let's, let's, let's end on a positive note, Dan, because the other thing that Brian Cookson did when he came in was give a vice president's job to Tracy Gordry. Which is awesome. Now all we need is for someone to assassinate Brian Cookson so that Tracy... That's how it works, right? It's like the... <laughs> it's like him. Tracy. She becomes president Tracy. automatically, someone, right? Someone, someone 
said that I only wanted Tracy Gordry as president because she's a woman, and it's like, no, good God, no. Tracy Gordry, she's a you know, she's a former cyclist herself. She's been working really hard on the Amy, you know, as a uh, as, as CEO of the Amy Gillett Foundation. The stuff that she talks about about developing cycling in in the in the in the in, in, in the Oceania regions, you know, those country, all those little countries yeah, where. Yeah. It's literally a case of taking bikes well, over there. Not just that, but but her multi multidisciplinary focus. I mean, Tracy um, is exceptional. Like, if someone said that to me, I'd be like, "Well, yes, I do want Tracy to be president because she's a woman." But that's not all. <laughs> you know, there's all these <laughs> other reasons why too. Um, you know, yeah. it, it, she's a phenomenal individual who's done amazing work. Her track record is in my opinion, quite exemplary in terms of every aspect of, you know, the advocacy work that she's done via the Amy Gillett Foundation through to the practical stuff, like you say, of of flying bikes into, you know, remote um, Pacific nations that are part of the Oceania uh, region uh, to ensure that they're able to participate in the sport. You know, like, she is practical, intelligent, very engaged. Uh, Political. You know, and and just whip smart. I, I I have nothing but the utmost respect for Tracy. I would I would donate to her UCI for sure. Yeah. Mm. So that was the worlds. We're not finishing there for this season. We will slow down in the off season as normal, but mm. we've still got come back next week. We've got to talk to you about the new UCI cal- road calendar for 2014. Absolutely. The to the road Cup. The exciting things that are happening there, the highlights of the season, the transfers, the new team structure. It's, there's come back next there's, week. There's heaps, heaps left to discuss. And then we'll also uh, hopefully be able to start making announcements about the the interviews that we're trying to line up to keep us all sustained in the in yeah. the, the bleak winter months ahead. And, and should all else fail, I guess I'll let Sarah coerce me into talking occasionally about cyclocross. I can't wait. You're so kind. Thank you for listening, dear listener. Thanks. We'll talk to you soon.